When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. On this episode of Newt's World, my guest today served as White House Press Secretary under President George W. Bush from 2001 to 2003. In that role, he served as spokesman during the historic presidential recount, September 11th, two wars, and the anthrax attack. His previous book, Taking Heat, details his years in the White House and reached number seven on the New York Times bestseller list. Since leaving the White House, he runs a communications company, Fleischer Communications, that helps corporations and sports organizations with their media needs. He is also a Fox News contributor. I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Ari Fleischer. He's joining me today to talk about his new book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. All right, it's a good friend. It's great to have you do this, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for joining me on Neutral. Well, what a pleasure, Newt. It's always great to be with you. It must have been quite a jolt to go from what you had done prior to the White House to have all the different things happening during your period in the White House. I mean, you were there in the middle of really dramatic history. I wonder if you just share some of the more challenging or amazing moments from your years as press secretary under President Bush? Well, of course, the ultimate moment was September 11th. I spent a career on Capitol Hill, as you know, Newt, where I used to work with you and 
the Ways and Means Committee. My entire background was domestic policy issues. And all of a sudden, I now I'm working for a president at a time when our nation is at war. And we were attacked. And I was standing next to the commander in chief hearing him say to the vice president and the secretary of defense, we're at war. And I'll just never forget the chill that sent down my spine, the reality of knowing what would soon happen as our troops deployed. Nothing can prepare you for that. How did you see your job during that period, which was truly historic, and where you were in many ways the primary explainer to the media of what was happening? Well, that's how I saw my job as the primary explainer. My job required clarity. Tell the American people what the president was doing and why he was doing it. And in some ways, Newt, it was simple because when you work for someone who's decisive and when you work for someone who's a leader, it's easy to be their spokesman because you just tell people what that leader is doing. It's only hard if you work for a vacillator or someone who is unsure or is a strong leader. Then you're all over the map because you don't know what to do or what to say. Bush was a strong leader. And that made my job easier. And I loved going to that podium and standing my ground and dealing with the press who asked some pretty tough questions. Was the fact that America was under attack, did that change the press attitude for a short period of time? It did. It did. There was a rally effect and the press was part of it. And you know, I think what happened over time was the White House press corps got tired of Bush having a 90% job approval rating. They don't like that especially if it's a Republican. They're used to tearing presidents down and pulling them apart. And so it took about three months. It took until January of 2002 when Enron collapsed that the press tried to blame that on George Bush, even though he had nothing to do with it. I'll never forget that turn of events. But yeah, the press did not like a popular Republican president, and they got back to biting his ankle. It didn't take too long into 2002. They started biting again. And in that sense, is a part of, at least for a Republican White House press secretary, a part of the job just kind of knocking down the various attacks and allegations and charges and recognizing that you'll always have people out there who are trying to play gotcha. Look, you know, one of the things, Newt, that I'm very proud of, and it's a fact, Republicans have to work twice as hard to get to the same place as Democrats because the press is so tough on Republicans. I recognize that when I began my career on Capitol Hill in 1983, I was a out of college, press secretary to a New York congressman. And I just recognized the press thinks Republicans don't count. We don't matter. You know, and I remember watching you, Newt, when you got elected and then you put a spine into Republicans and said, we can fight, we can take the majority. And even when we did, the hostility of the press toward the Republican agenda, we violated Washington's taboo because Republicans ran the House. It wasn't supposed to be that way. It hadn't been that way for 40 years. And I just watched the hypocrisy of the press, the double standard of their coverage. In fact, it's partially what led me to want to write the book that I wrote, because I watched the same thing happen to Donald Trump. I just thought the press was brutal, unfair, hypocritical, their double standards. And as much as I sometimes like Donald Trump, sometimes don't, I call it as I see it, I defended President Trump from the coverage of the media. And then I wrote a book about it because it was so bad. Well, you must have, in that sense, over the last five or six years, been right in the middle of a whole range of controversies where it was just clear that the other side was so blatantly dishonest that you almost had to be involved in trying to set the record straight. 
Well, it began with collusion. You know, I just remember reading story after story that Trump and his sons and his campaign are guilty of collusion. And I kept thinking to myself, yes, Russia hacked the DNC. Yes, Russia hacked Hillary's emails. But I've seen zero proof that Donald Trump had anything to do with it. And so I regularly defended President Trump. And several people on the conservative side did, but the ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, they regularly suppressed stories that would have helped President Trump and deceived the American people by putting stories on the air that were false. CNN led the league in retractions. The number of stories about collusion that they aired that they later had to retract, and I lay all this out in my book, is astounding. And this is why people have to fight bias. This is why people like me, especially, I always will call the balls and strikes. And even if there are things Donald Trump did I don't like, he deserved a fair and neutral press, but he didn't get one. And we need to blow the whistle on that because it is not good for democracy. It's not good for our country when reporters become activists for a cause. And the cause was getting Trump. You weave together four powerful words, suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias. Can you walk us through why you picked each of those words? Because they're really powerful. I mean, as somebody who's been through all this, I happen to agree with you. And I thought your book was very much necessary and is a real contribution to understanding the state of where we are right now. But I am curious how you pick those four words and from your perspective, what each word means. As I observed what the press was doing, those four words summed it up. You know, they suppressed stories they didn't like. And time and time again, I have example in here of how the New York Times would find any obscure state senator, state rep, who would say something that was racially tinged or wrong. And they would make it a prominent New York Times story. But you know what? When there was a Texas state Democratic chairman who called Senator Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina, a Oreo, did the New York Times cover that? No, of course not. They suppressed it. Example after example, way beyond Hunter Biden and those stories. There was a staffer at the Democratic National Committee who sent out a message saying the DNC needed to hire someone in their data services department but no straight white males should apply. Now, if a Republican had put something out from the RNC saying they needed to hire someone and no gay female blacks should apply, the chairwoman of the RNC would have been forced to resign by the media. But did the press cover that Democrat staffer who sent that email out? No, they suppressed it all. They have an agenda, Newt, and they suppress stories that would help Republicans and they suppress stories that would hurt Democrats. So suppression, deception. My goodness, the number of bogus wrong stories that the media aired all in an effort to right the wrong that the American people did when they elected Donald Trump. The press told the American people that Trump colluded with Russia, that the Steele dossier was true, that Trump removed blue mailboxes from street corners so he could steal the 2020 election. Remember that one? My favorite news was the Saturday after the election when the networks declared that Biden had indeed won the election. Church bells rang in Paris. Fireworks went off in London. ABC and CNN reported to the American people that the church bells were in celebration of Biden's win. They said the fireworks were set off because people in London were marking Trump's defeat. 
It had nothing to do with that. It was the weekly call to mass in Paris, happens every Saturday evening. And it was the celebration of Guy Fawkes Day, Bonfire Night in London, a 500-year-old holiday marked by fireworks. The press is so bad, they thought everyone around the world was like them, celebrating Trump's defeat. So they deceived the American people, put on the air a story about church bells and fireworks that was 100% wrong from the start. That's deception. What's fascinating is they somehow communicate among themselves and acquire a common interpretation of reality, and it just seems to almost naturally occur. And it's so far beyond the old adage of liberal bias. You know, what it is now, Newt, is cultural. I have a survey in here, it's from the Pew Research Center, and it shows that the only group of Americans who say that the press understands them are college-educated Democrats. That's it. That's the only slice of America. Reporters have become college-educated Democrats who tell stories for fellow college-educated Democrats. If you're a Democrat with a high school degree only, you say that the press doesn't understand you, according to this survey. Independents, regardless of college degree or lack of college degree, say that the press doesn't understand them. Republicans of all stripes say the press doesn't understand them. They have shoehorned themselves culturally into a narrow universe that is pro-choice, pro-gay rights, pro-gay marriage, pro-transgender. You name it, it's an agenda they support that is only matched by college-educated Democrats. They are so out of touch with the America they're supposed to cover. And this is why Donald Trump won in 2016. This is why the 2020 election was so razor close that Trump almost won it. If 40,000 votes had switched in four states, Trump would have been president. The press doesn't get it. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What's your sense of the future? I mean, are you optimistic that this can be changed? Well, what I conclude in my book is journalism schools, where I tell a little story of how I've twice gone to visit students of Columbia Journalism School, classes of 12. Both times I asked the class in the last presidential, did you vote for the Democrat or the Republican? The vote was 24 nothing new for the Democrat. I make the point here that if journalists and newsrooms want to look like America, sound like America, register to vote like America, and be diverse like America, they need to go on an affirmative recruiting mission to hire people into journalism who have hunted all their lives, whose fathers and grandfathers had guns, people who believe that life begins at conception, people who think differently from the pack, who grew up, still live in rural areas. These are the people journalists need to bring into their newsroom so that ratio becomes 12 to 12. It should become even. I hired an opposition research firm. They pulled the public voter registration records of the 49 reporters who sit in the Biden White House. The Biden White House press corps has a 12 to 1 Democrat to Republican ratio. How is this not unfair? How is this not seen in newsrooms as being biased? If they want to return to objectivity and trust, they need to recruit people into journalism who aren't just like the ones we have now. You know, I think part of what's fascinating is, as you point out in your book, the intensity of the sort of self-policing. You note that in 2021, Politico invited Ben Shapiro to be a guest writer, and more than 100 staff members signed a letter objecting to the decision. I mean, it's like they militantly block any kind of alternative viewpoint. And I write about that in my book. I use that as one example. There are countless other examples of how conservatives are shunned in newsrooms. Again, it's cultural. There is such a vibe in the mainstream media that if only those people would watch CNN and read the New York Times, they would never support Donald Trump or Tom Cotton or Ted Cruz or Christy Nome or Ron DeSantis. And they're going to do it again in 2024, no matter who the Republicans nominate, because they have had so much fun and it's been their business model to be activists for a cause instead of neutral, objective reporters telling the American people the truth. I mean, you point out in the book that you get like on MSNBC, 95 percent of the viewers are Democrats on Fox News. 93% are Republican. I mean, so there's sort of a 
self-reinforcing bias of how do you make your audience happy? No question. And you combine that with the lack of advertising dollars and print media these days and the fact that newspapers like the New York Times get most of their money now from subscribers. And those subscribers counted on the New York Times to resist Donald Trump. And this is a problem for the American people. I would much rather new pick up one paper or watch one source of news and know I got it straight. I got it neutral. I got it right down the middle. Now, I will say, I think the best show on the news is Brett Baer's show at Fox at six o'clock at night. And if you watch daytime Fox versus CNN, which I watch a lot of both, daytime Fox is so much more objective than CNN. I'm hoping the new owners of CNN will change that and return more to objectivity and neutrality in reporting. But until they do, the media is going to continue its long, long decline of trust. You know, one of the things I cite in the book is the United States media is the least trusted media in the world. Reuters did a survey of people in 46 countries. The United States came in dead last in terms of the number of Americans who trust the media. And I didn't realize that's a very sobering number. You know, I think back to because I was from Atlanta and I knew Ted Turner when he first launched CNN. I think he genuinely wanted a news channel. I don't think he started out wanting a propaganda channel. You know, CNN's motto used to be the news is the star. But what happened under Jeff Zucker, the former president of CNN, and then when Donald Trump took office, CNN unleashed its reporters to go after Trump. This is why Jim Acosta could espouse his personal opinions from the White House briefing room and not get in trouble. And I write about that at length in my book. One of my favorites is John Harwood. John Harwood, a former reporter for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and now the CNN White House reporter, unabashedly biased and anti-Trump, anti-Republican. I have quote after quote after quote from John Harwood showing his bias. Did anybody at CNN say knock it off? CNN also knew they booked Michael Avenatti almost twice as much over the same period of time as they booked the entire Trump administration to talk about COVID. They put Avenatti on there twice as much to talk about Stormy Daniels and getting Trump than they did the Surgeon General, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Deborah Burks, everyone who worked for Trump on COVID. They booked Avenatti almost twice as much. What does that tell you about CNN's bias? Doesn't this also have an internally self-policing model? I mean, if you are a reporter in the White House press corps, you know that 90 or 95 percent of the people sitting around you are anti-Trump or they're going to try to protect Biden or whatever. And so you know if you offer a deviant viewpoint, you're going to actually be isolated from your own friends. 100%. You know, I tell the case of Jimmy Gagliano, a former FBI special agent who was a CNN contributor. And he originally was critical of Donald Trump when he fired James Comey. And then he started to dig into the facts and started to learn that the real problem was at the FBI and the way they treated Trump and the way Comey behaved. And so he started to say that on the air and defend Trump and go after Comey as a former FBI agent. What does CNN do? They removed them from the air. They put them on headline news. You're not allowed to have a conservative voice in these newsrooms. You're isolated. You're unique. You get drummed out. And CNN made more mistakes and put more wrong information on the air, in part, I think, because there's no one around to check it. 
shouldn't somebody have said maybe we're putting Abenadi on the air too much? Manju Raju at CNN, he aired the story about Donald Trump Jr. knew about WikiLeaks having Hillary's emails before the emails were even released. He got that story from Democrats who misread or told him a wrong date on a memo. It was plain to see his information was wrong if he only paid attention to the date. Nobody at CNN caught it. They aired the story. They later retracted it. Is there no one at CNN who is on the lookout for maybe we're going too far? But when you have a newsroom like that, if it's anti-Trump, it gets a bump. And that's the problem. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you were the press secretary in a very turbulent and contentious period, how did you manage the personalities in the room? Well, back then it was a calmer, different era. It was an era of liberal bias, and I always knew that the press was liberal, but they tried to be objective, especially compared to today. Today they just let it rip. 
their opinions are the news. Back then, they really didn't put their opinions on the air. They would say, Democrats say, Bush responds. And, you know, it may be two-thirds Democrats say and one-third Bush responds. But that's why I said Republicans have to work harder. You have to be sharper. You have to be better at your game just to fight to even with the press. But that is an old era. And back then, people did watch the news without the ideological sorting. Today, you can tell your story to conservative media if you're a Republican or to liberal media if you're a Democrat and think your day is done. It was different back then. I was always struck that you were able to go in there with great confidence and almost didn't matter what the question was. You'd already formulated an answer. You were able to move to it quickly. You were very clear. How do you prepare, given how wide-ranging those kind of press briefings can be? How does somebody in that job prepare to cover the waterfront like that? I mean, it's an amazing achievement. Well, it's really two parts. One is I was just around the president so much. I was in the Oval a quarter or a third of my days and countless meetings, pretty much everything he did other than NSC National Security Council meetings or his CIA briefing. So I knew what he was thinking. And then two, I thought like a reporter. I've never been a reporter, I'm proud to say, but I thought like one. I always was able to play the devil's advocate put on a reporter hat and say, what tough, nasty, argumentative, skeptical, negative question will they ask? And if you know your boss, if you know the elected official, the president of the United States, and you're able to speak for him, and you know what reporter is going to ask you, you're prepared, you're ready. And that's the fun part of the job, Newt. I loved it. I loved taking that podium. I loved being where the front page was going to be made before anybody knew it was on the front page. I loved my clashes with reporters. I always tried to keep it polite and respectful, but I really did not mind a good clash. And to me, it was intellectual chess. I loved going back and forth. It's a fun job. So when you look at all of that, I'm really curious, the propensity of the left to sort of clot together into almost a wolfpack approach. It was one of the great surprises to me, in retrospect, I'm embarrassed that I was this naive. But when I became speaker, I was deliberately very, very open. And after a couple of weeks, we realized it was just an invitation for them to play gotcha. Yep. I mean, they didn't want to come in and learn things. They wanted to come in and find some way to score a point. And their prestige back in the newsroom was whether or not they could score a point off of us. And it was very, very disheartening. I remember so well, Newt, when you became speaker in November 94, and I became the communications director of the Ways and Means Committee for Bill Archer, a wonderful man, the chairman of Ways and Means. You wrote a book, and you got a book deal, and the press pilloried you for getting a book deal. Lo and behold, a couple of years later, Hillary Clinton gets a book deal. Same basis as you. And the press was perfectly fine with Hillary Clinton's book deal. And I've seen it time and time again where they go after Republicans and then Democrats do the same thing as Republicans and the press gives them a pass. They were brutal to you. They were brutal to Republicans. And yeah, intellectually, you want to think, all I need to do is explain it. I'll stand there and I'll tell the press. No, it doesn't work if the press is playing gotcha. So I'm curious, if you were talking to young people, as I'm sure you do constantly, what would you tell them both about becoming a reporter and about becoming a spokesperson? 
I mean, the two synergistic jobs that feed off of each other. What would your advice be? I mean, would you encourage them to go into those two fields? I do. I encourage young conservative people, particularly people who are you know, just from a rural background or just think ideologically conservative to get into journalism because it's good for the country. And hopefully many of them do it. And hopefully newsrooms start to say we really need a booster shot of independent thinking in our newsrooms. This liberal groupthink is killing us. So I want them to do it. But I also tell people, even though Washington is much more polarized and less friendly than it was during the 21 years I was there, and it was tough when I was there, but it's not like it is today. I still tell people, if you want to make a difference in this world, move to Washington. It is still the place where policy counts. And make a difference, dive in. It is always such an intellectually exciting, invigorating, young town. And so nothing's changed for me. I still wish people would do it. It's not as fun as it used to be, but it's still pretty fun. Particularly if you like the give and take. It's amazingly dynamic and you can get an awful lot of adrenaline. When you have a good day, you get the adrenaline of winning. And when you have a bad day, you get the adrenaline of surviving. And you can do it with respect. Not everybody has to bash their opponent and fight all the time. You can go down there and hold your head up high and live a respectful life, a dignified life, clash with people ideologically, but respect them and enjoy their personalities, get to know people at night from a different party. That's how everybody can live their life. Nobody's making you be a bitter partisan. You can get along with people. So when you talk about suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias, what's your take on the way they have manage the January 6th committee? <laughs> oh, it's the perfect case of college-educated Democrats talking to college-educated Democrats. They think everybody in America is riveted on the edge of their seats watching this stuff. Look, everything that happened on January 6th, in my opinion, was terrible. President Trump never should have called people to Washington on that day for his rally. It was too volatile. Nobody should have trespassed, breached the Capitol. No one should have attacked a police officer. And anybody who did deserves to be prosecuted. But we all know what happened that day. It was horrible. This is just a rerun. Now we're watching reruns for a political purpose to benefit the Democratic Party. That's all this is. And the committee is a joke. The committee is not fair. It's not balanced. How can Nancy Pelosi reject the Republicans who were going to serve on the committee? New, you wouldn't have done that. No speaker has a right to do that. That's a horrible precedent for how Congress will be run. Everything about this committee is a joke. Well, it degenerates the House into a dictatorship of the Speaker. I mean, as long as you have 218 votes, you can ram through anything. But in the process, you do enormous damage to the system at large. To me, it's been an amazing thing to watch. And I was startled last week. I read that there are 25,000 documents and over 1,000 videotaped interviews that are all secret. I did a newsletter saying, you know, an easy first step is to trust the American people and release all the information and let them decide. Well, wait till Republicans take the Congress. You know, I hope they focus on policy and passing initiatives to make sure our border is secure, that we're energy independent, that we take on China. But they're also going to reopen this. I wouldn't be surprised if they demand to see Nancy Pelosi's emails about the National Guard and why they didn't protect the Capitol. 
So the Democrats are going to be vulnerable when Republicans take charge, but it just keeps up this terrible cycle of Democrats investigating Republicans, Republicans investigating Democrats, and everybody assuming that their colleagues' motives are the worst. That's why Washington is in bad shape. I agree with you. I think actually they ought to just release all the documents, let the American people look at them and say, we're now done with that and move towards actual policies. And what the country wants, I think, is to see some things solved. I mean, you look at the impact of gasoline prices or food prices or the crime rate. It's really startling and very unlike traditional America. I want to commend you. I think this is an important book because you set a framework for understanding how the media has evolved and for understanding what we have to do to get back to a real dialogue and a free society. You have, as much as anybody I know, you have the personal professional knowledge to really be effective at communicating this. So we're going to post your new book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. That'll be posted on our show page. We're going to encourage our listeners to order it. And I'm very grateful that you would take the time to join me to share with our podcast listeners what you've been up to. Well, Newt, it's a pleasure to see you. We go back a long ways, so thank you for your time. Thank you to my guest, Ari Fleischer. You can get a link to buy his new book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howe. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finish. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network.